The Direction Daily S&P 500 Bull and Bear 3X Shares ETFs. Trade under the ticker SPXL for the 3X Bull and XPSS for the 3X Bear. These leveraged ETFs seek a return that is 300% of the performance of the S&P 500 index for a single day. The S&P 500 index holdings include names such as Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, and Facebook, with index sector weightings including information technology, healthcare, financials, and consumer discretionary. These are highly leveraged ETFs with daily resetting designed for short-term trading, not long-term investing. To magnify your short-term perspective, whether you're a bull or a bear on S&P 500, you choose the direction. For up-to-date pricing and performance, go to direction.com. Index holdings are subject to change. Investing in the funds involves significant risk and should only be utilized by investors who understand the impact of leverage and actively monitor their portfolio. They are not designed to track the underlying index for more than a day before investing. Careful to consider a fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at Direction.com. Read carefully. Distributor Foresight Fund Services. Are you ready to build, grow, and protect your investments? Welcome to the Index Investing Show, where we give you the tips, tools, and philosophy for reaching your financial goals. And now, your host, inventor of the Portfolio Report Card and author, Ron DeLegge. Coming up on today's program, we'll be discussing mRNA technology and the first ETF tracking this emerging industry group and uh, Dave Massa with Direction Investments will be joining us. So we got a lot to get into on today's program. That's going to be an outstanding interview. We'll also t discuss some other uh, key topics related to investment themes and trends that are current and uh, keep you on top of all the latest uh, action and uh, how to capitalize on these various trends. Also want to get, give, give you a rundown of uh, what's going on in the ETF marketplace in terms of performance. We're here. If you'd like to join us, you want to talk about any specific stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, or st other strategies, 800-516-1220 is the number. And uh, do give us your first name along with your city, and I will get to you. So taking a look at uh, price action from this past week in financial markets, we saw S&P 500 declining almost 2% as uh, worries about inflation and COVID-19 flare-ups weighed on performance. And uh, in terms of industry sector performance, the energy group uh, had the largest percentage drop of the week, declining just over 5%. That was a huge move. Other sectors, uh, including uh, financials, communication services, and materials also followed the energy sector down. Now, if we look at the entire S&P 500 by industry group, you'll notice that uh, all 11 sectors are still ahead by double digits since the start of 2021. And so what that means is this year will end with uh, some of the best industry sector performance in the U.S. stock market uh, that we've had in quite some time. Now, if you take a look at the worst performing industry group, which is consumer staples, XLP, it's still ahead by 13.5%, even factoring in this past week's losses. So that's what kind of year it's been. Bulls have continued to rain, and uh, the price action certainly supports this, uh, this thesis. It's been an impressive year in terms of double-digit gains, again, across the board of all 11 industry sectors within the S&P 500. Top performers continue to be Energy XLE, ahead by just over 48% since the start of the year, 
We've got right behind that real estate, XLRE, ahead by almost 40%. And then right behind that, XLF financials and banking stocks, ahead by 32.5%. So those are your top three industry groups for 2021. And like I said before, you take a look at the top three and then the bottom three, uh, the theme uh, or the, the story rather is still the same up double digits granted those uh, lower or, or bottom performing sectors aren't up as much, but they are still up double digits. And again, what this says is that the uptrend uh, in the broader S and P 500 is clear. And it also indicates that it's not a limited rally, but a dispersed rally, which is exactly what you want to see. It's, it's breath-wise, it's healthy to have all industry sectors participating. Now, in terms of uh, major asset classes, if we did take a look at financial markets, you got uh, five big asset classes that come to mind. Besides stocks, you've got bonds, you've got real estate, commodities. You also have cash. And then you've got another major asset class, which is cryptocurrencies, which is not an established asset class just yet. It's getting there. It's what we would call a developing or emerging asset class, but it's not an established one like the equity market or real estate or commodities. These are the types of uh, asset classes that have been around for hundreds and, and some, in some cases thousands of years. Cryptocurrencies are new on the scene. So they're unestablished. They have staged an impressive uh, performance since their inception in the mid-2000s. But if we take a look at the established major asset classes, we've got the uh, total U.S. stock market, SCHB, ahead by just over 22%. Now, SHB is different. And when we talk about uh, broad market versus S&P 500, it's important for you to understand that uh, S&P 500 is a limited index because it just concentrates on the large cap part of the U.S. stock market. It misses exposure to mid and small cap stocks. And so broad market encompasses not just the large caps, but the mid caps and the small caps. It's more complete. So SCHB, again, which tracks this, this is one ETF. This is from Schwab, uh, head by over 22%. BND, which tracks the total U.S. bond market, down 1.4%. Global real estate's been a great performer. REET ahead by 27.2%. USCI, which tracks commodities, ahead by almost 28%. Those energy commodities uh, like oil as well as uh, natural gas continue to be good performers despite the elevated level of volatility that they've seen this year. Um, one area that's lagged has been precious metals, uh, but keep an eye on that group because uh, we could see a pop in that area, especially if equity prices compress, uh, that could be beneficial to precious metals, which have not uh, really been good performers relative to stocks in 2021. Two final areas, emerging markets and international stocks uh, ahead by almost down 1%, that's emerging markets, and then VEA international stocks ahead by 8.5%. Mixed performance is what's going, coming out of international and emerging market equities. Uh, weighing on emerging mar mar markets has been China and Brazil. Those two areas uh, continue to lag and drag down the entire group, but there have been some pockets of positive performance in emerging markets like Russia as well as India. 
So that's your big picture view. Those are 2021 numbers, and they are through the market close of December 17th. 800-516-1220 is the number if you'd like to join us. We're here. So the question, I guess, is uh, how did your portfolio do in 2021? Did you keep up? Did you fall behind? Do you even know how you are doing? And if you don't, well, it's time to examine your investment performance because, you know, performance is just one factor. It's, it's crucial for you to understand that your investment performance is directly linked to other factors like the cost of your portfolio, the diversification of your portfolio, the risk of your portfolio, the taxes of your portfolio. See, these other factors are directly linked and they influence the type of performance you have. So if your performance has been lagging, if it hasn't been keeping up with major index benchmarks, and quite frankly, most investors consistently underperform the indexes on a regular basis. Those are just the facts. Even professional investors do this. And so if that's the case, and I'm going to assume it is with most of you, because most of you are representative of the, of the, the public's investing experience, then you've underperformed in 2021, despite the fact that it's been a good year. And that's because something's gone amiss. Something's gone amiss in terms of your portfolio's cost, its risk, taxes, maybe it's diversification. I don't know. I can't guess from a distance, but what I can do is diagnose your portfolio after I've analyzed and graded it and tell you exactly the strengths and weaknesses. So I encourage you to get in touch with me. I'll analyze your investments and tell you exactly how you do A, B, C, D, or F. Uh, get started at PortfolioReportCard.com, and we'll get to the bottom of it. Now, coming up on today's program, Dave Massa with Direction Investments will be joining us. We'll be talking about some of the new innovative ETF products that have been recently launched, one of them tracking mRNA technology, and uh, this has been thrown into the spotlight ever since the onset of COVID-19, and of course, uh, that, that, uh, the subsequent variants and strains, and so we're going to get to the bottom of that on today's program. Stick around. I'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to the Index Investing Show with Ron DeLegge. Subscribe to our podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Be sure to leave a review. All right. Welcome back from the break. 800-516-1220 is the number if you'd like to join us and uh, give us your first name along with your city. If there's any ETF ticker symbols that you'd like me to discuss, we could do that. We can also talk about uh, cryptocurrencies, uh, whatever else that's uh, financial on your mind. Year-end strategies. Uh, we discussed uh, in previous episodes tax loss harvesting, very important. And uh, those of you with uh, money invested in taxable accounts, taking a look at matching up your gains against your losses. And, of course, uh, we've discussed on many, many episodes the important role that ETFs can play in helping you to uh, find um, replacement candidates for some of those lemons in your portfolio while still maintaining market exposure and then of course uh, running avoid running afoul of uh, the IRS's 30-day wash sale rule 
So ETFs can certainly help you to execute tax harvesting, tax loss harvesting strategies. Um, beyond that, getting your investment positioning from a overall tax perspective correct. Uh, the three buckets where all of us keep our money, and it doesn't matter how much you have or how little you have, there's only three places from a tax angle that that money can be located. Your taxable bucket, your tax deferred bucket, and your tax free bucket. And in a rising tax rate environment, which is where we're heading here in the US, you wanna have more, most or all of your assets in the tax free zone. So that means less money in your taxable accounts, less money in your tax deferred accounts, and more money in your tax free account. So uh, that's things like when we say tax free, free from state taxes, federal taxes, and they don't tax your social security income. They don't increase uh, tax liabilities. They eliminate tax liabilities. That's the tax-free zone. So that includes things like Roth IRA, Roth 401k, Roth conversions, LERPs, all of that. That's part of your tax-free bucket. And so those of us that have been conditioned to amass most or all of our net worth in the taxable bucket and the tax deferred bucket, well, now is the time. You don't want to miss the tax sale of a lifetime, which we're, we're currently in right now. Uh, the artificially low tax rates, income tax rates that we're currently here in right now in the U.S. will not last. And so each and every year, you want to take advantage of that by deliberately filling up your tax-free bucket. Maybe that's some, some of us will, if we're still in the accumulation phase of our investments plan or career, we can make uh, regular contributions if we qualify to things like Roth 401k, Roth IRA. Uh, those of us that are not contributing, now maybe we need to get to the tax-free zone by shifting money and paying some taxes now and uh, doing things like Roth conversions. So this is not something that you do willy-nilly. It's not something you do haphazardly or without a plan. It requires uh, you know, deliberate thought, and it also has to be mathematically proven, right? Mathematically tested. You have to, if you start going on down this path of doing Roth IRA conversions, there's a lot of factors and calculations that need to be done ahead of time in determining, well, how much um, you need to be converting each and every year. You want to do it fast enough before tax rates increase forever, but you also want to do it slow enough that it doesn't uh, give you too much heartburn or throw you into a substantially higher tax bracket, um, which, which uh, obviously would damage you in the short term. 800-516-1220 is a number. We're here if you'd like to join us. We had an off-the-air call from our good friend Will in San Diego asking about ticker symbol HYDR. HYDR, this is the Global X Hydrogen ETF. And um, uh, this ETF joins a group of other hydrogen ETFs. Uh, this has been the year of newly launched ETFs tracking this emerging sector of hydrogen. Uh, there's three ETF ticker symbols I've been watching, HYDR, which uh, Will is asking about. This is, again, the Global X Hydrogen ETF. There's also HGEN from uh, Direction, and then HDRO from Defiance. 
And um, the oldest one is the HDRO from Defiance. That one, since it was launched in March of this year, is down uh, almost 31%. The other two ETFs, HYDR and HGEN, which were launched just shortly after that, are down since their inception about 13%. So these uh, hydrogen stocks have not performed well uh, in 2021. But that said, I uh, think it's still an area that, uh, that has some promise. I wrote a piece for Financial Advisor Magazine um, that was titled A Bull Case for Commodities Beyond Inflation. And hydrogen is one of the most promising sources of clean fuel on the world's path to net zero emissions. Fitch Solutions, uh, a market analyst, expects green hydrogen production to rise from less than 1% of current global market supply to a forecast of 10% by 2030. So that's a, a 9x rise. And hydrogen product demand will be most concentrated in large, highly developed markets like China, Western Europe, Canada, and uh, the U.S. And Fitch has identified these particular regions as the prime market for, for global development of green hydrogen. So um, it's certainly an area that's emerging. It's going to be volatile. And it will be, nevertheless, I think, an area that will just continue to get bigger as, uh, as, as the globe looks for alternative sources to fossil fuels. This will be one of those areas that I think gets a nice boost. Again, the short-term performance has not been pretty uh, for these hydrogen-focused ETFs, but nevertheless, I think, again, you got to look at beyond just the short-term performance and have a bigger view. Um, so this, this type of strategy would fit into what I call the non-core portion of your portfolio. This is the part of the investment portfolio that complements your core. Remember, the core is broadly diversified, hits the major asset classes, stocks, bonds, commodities, real estate, cash, and then once you've covered that, that's your main course, you can add the dessert, which is the non-core pieces of your portfolio that complement the core. And uh, this would certainly fit into the non-core. You could be strategic. You could add exposure to emerging areas like hydrogen. You can also use leverage. You can go long. You can go short. That's your non-core portfolio. That's a perfect place for an ETF tracking an emerging uh, energy source like hydrogen. So thanks again, Will, for uh, calling. And, and once these ETFs, by the way, these hydrogen-focused funds get some more performance history underneath their belt, I think we've got a future ETF battles between these ETFs coming. I can already see it. So I'd say, you know, let's give it another, I'd say, 9 to 12 months of performance. And then uh, let's do an ETF battle. Let's do a triple header on these ETFs. Uh, you, that, that will be, again, uh, on my YouTube channel. I do a weekly series called ETF Battles. So be sure to ping me on that, Will, because that'll be one that I, uh, that I really want to see and, and look forward to watching. 800-516-1220 um, is the number. We're here. If you'd like to join us, uh, Dave Mazza with Direction Investments is warming up in the bullpen. We're going to be talking about mRNA technology and a new ETF tracking that area. Also, we'll talk about some other major investment themes that uh, you need to be aware of that uh, 
And, and you know, the other thing, too, is I like to connect these, these trends and themes to specific ETF ticker symbols so that th they become actionable, right, as opposed to theoretical. So that's coming up right after this short break. I'm Rhonda Leggy, 800-516-1220 is the number. Stick around. Go nowhere. Do you have an investing or retirement plan question? Tweet the program right now or follow us on Twitter at Index Show. With more than 2,000 ETFs in the U.S. market, finding the right funds is more complicated than ever. ETFguide.com simplifies your life by sending you free guides on the top ETFs. Sign up at ETFguide.com snapshot. Choose from our library of free guides covering commodities, inverse, and leverage funds, along with new ETF launches. Our carefully screened ETF guides will save you time. Sign up at ETFguide.com snapshot. You're listening to the Index Investing Show with Ron DeLegge. Subscribe to our podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Be sure to leave a review. Welcome to ETF Guy TV. I'm Ron DeLegge. It's great to see you again. We keep you on top of all the latest ETF trends, as well as keeping you ahead of the many obstacles like inflation as well as choppy markets and everything in between. We've got a lot to get into on today's program. Joining us is Dave Massa. He's head of product and a managing director at Direction Investments. Dave, it's great to have you back. Hey, thanks for having me back. So let's start by discussing inflation, which was called by my favorite economist, Milt Friedman. He said, inflation is taxation without legislation. What a great rhyme. And we've got the Direction Auspice Broad Commodity Strategy ETF, that's ticker symbol COMCOM, which has been a major beneficiary of higher inflation, along with higher commodity prices. So why should investors be thinking about adding commodities to their portfolios? few things at play here. Any way you put it, uh, we know inflation is likely here to stay. We know Chairman Powell of the FOMC uh, is retiring the word transitory when it comes to inflation. Uh, and there's a broad-based acknowledgement that uh, rising prices uh, were not as temporary as maybe some has hoped. And one of the areas that investors can use to tackle inflation is commodities. The challenge with owning commodities is that it can be difficult, right? Because the way I think about it is a, a bar of gold is extremely different than an ear of corn. It's not like even making the difference between a growth stock versus a value stock. So the auspice commodity strategy um, in our in our ETF com COM takes that into consideration. What it's what it uses is a long flat methodology, meaning if a commodity is in favor, if it has positive price performance, if it's trending, we're going to actually own that commodity in the portfolio. If it's not, we're actually going to have a flat position, so we'll be in cash. So it's really adaptive, and it makes it a bit easier, in my opinion, for investors to own commodities as either opposed to trying to make a bet of precious metals versus agriculture or taking that broader approach and getting everything when things might not be in favor at different times. As you know, certain investors with growth-oriented stocks or ETFs, but some of them are sitting on paper losses. And it's quite a shock to some of them because the markets have been pretty friendly here in 2021, at least in the U.S., 
And so let's talk about tax loss harvesting. You've got the Direction Moonshot Innovators ETF, ticker symbol Moon, which could be an excellent replacement for some of these aggressive high growth stocks or uh, ETFs that follow that same strategy, which haven't really lived up to their expectations or haven't performed this year. So why is tax loss harvesting a smart strategy? Yeah, uh, look, uh, I'm not in a position to provide tax advice. There's many other great uh, folks who, who, have, who probably have more insights than I do. But one of the things that um, uh, investors need to recognize that ETFs can be a great tool for tax loss harvesting because throughout the year, and especially as we get toward year end and maybe thinking about higher taxes coming in the future, investors might want to think about rotating areas, potentially taking losses and transitioning to other areas, which either may be more attractive or sitting at a, different, a more favorable price point. So more recently, we have seen uh, investor interest in our Moonshots ETF, ticker Moon, for the reason you know it is that a lot of investors have plowed into high growth areas earlier in the year when there were many of them were making their tops uh, and they're kind of they are sitting on these these short-term paper losses but as we know thematic opportunities uh, particularly disruptive growth and innovation it's likely here to stay it's just what price are you paying for those future earnings which may come five ten years down the future so for investors who've been on the sidelines or maybe sitting on those paper losses a fund like Moon may be a good opportunity to get access to small to mid-cap disruptive growth companies. Yeah, 100%. And it's also got lower expenses in some of these active strategies using a similar approach, but also greater diversification. So individuals sitting with uh, you know high growth stocks you know may, may, like you say, take a look at Moon as a possible alternative. Now, another recently launched fund from Direction is ticker symbol FNGG. Now, one of the things I like about this particular ETF is that it eliminates that credit risk that other products with a similar strategy have. So tell us a little bit more about FNGG. Yeah, so FNGG is an ETF that's primarily focused on our well-known FANG stocks, but adds a few more rounds. There's 20 stocks um, that give you exposure um, to many of the high growth areas that we've seen, these mega cap, highly liquid companies, um, you know, that have done quite well over the past few years. This ETF, it's a 200% bull exposure fund, really built for the trading community to take advantage of amplified exposure there. We've seen some nice trading volume since we launched this particular fund, you know, as traders look for opportunities to take advantage of the volatility that we've seen in the market, you know, whether it's coming from the potential for rising rates, uh, the variant with the current virus. Uh, and this ETF is really, to your point, focused on that area. And you don't have any of the credit risks that's coming from ETNs that may be offering similar exposure. One final thing, Dave, before you take off, uh, another new ETF from Direction, MSGR, which focuses on mRNA technology, which has really come to the forefront since the onset of COVID-19 and all the subsequent strains associated with this virus. So tell us a little bit more about the fund and how it invests. We're really excited about the launch of MSGR. It's, it's the world's first ETF focused solely on companies that are deriving a, a large portion of their revenue from mRNA technologies. What we know is mRNA was not a household name, of course, until the COVID-19 pandemic, and the COVID-19 pandemic has changed our lives, uh, of course, and that's an understatement. But one of the lasting uh, approaches of this, setting aside, of course, um, uh, human loss and things of that nature and the impact to, to, to our daily lives is that 
mRNA as a technology has proved to be one highly effective, and in fact, uh, the, the of course, the vaccines manufactured by Pfizer, BioNTech, and the Moderna have shown really, really high effectiveness, and with booster shots, even against subsequent variants and strains, uh, because this because of the technology. But it has applications much wider than just COVID-19. Uh, there's money now being uh, poured into therapeutics for different cancers, rare diseases, respiratory uh, diseases, even things like HIV or, uh, and Lyme disease. All of it, because mRNA is actually a technology, can be used to help combat um, you know, in many ways, debilitating diseases and life-threatening areas. So this, to me, is really exciting to give investors exposure uh, to these companies in a very narrow, concentrated way. You're going to find, you know, of course, Moderna and BioNTech are in here, but there's many, many small and micro-cap companies that uh, have the potential uh, with some breakthrough drugs to become household names. Again, that ticker symbol, MSGR, put it on your radar. Dave, we're going to have to leave it there. Time always flies when you join us. And uh, thanks for dropping by and taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Be sure to visit directioninvestments.com to learn more. And hit the comment section below. Let us know how you've been enjoying ETF Guide TV, some of our other fine programs like this one. We also have our monthly show, First Look ETF with NYSC, along with ETF Battles. So, again, don't miss any of those programs. And I'm Rhonda Leggy with ETF Guide TV. You're listening to the Index Investing Show with Rhonda Leggy. Subscribe to our podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Be sure to leave a review. All right, welcome back from the break. That interview that you just heard was on... Uh, with Dave Massa uh, with the Direction Investments, and that was actually courtesy of ETF Guide TV, which uh, which I publish uh, many uh, weekly videos. Uh, we've got the couple of running series, including First Look ETF with NYSE. That's a monthly show where we examine all the brand new uh, exchange traded funds, and then of course ETF Battles, which is a weekly program, and then that interview that we did with Dave. Uh, that was, uh, you know, just part of the overall uh, content that, uh, that again, I publish at ETF Guide TV. So be sure to check that out. Uh, you can just hashtag ETF Battles and find the channel on YouTube and see me on screen. So put marry this voice with, uh, with my face. And, uh, of course, uh, I'd love to, love to talk with you guys and, and hear um, your own stories about your own journey towards a prosperity and how you plan to get there of course I try to give you a template and framework that I think is proven that I've seen that works and um, one that I think um, will will be beneficial in any type of market climate not just a good one like we've had uh, this year so you want a, a an investment philosophy again that's proven one that is executable which is extremely important you know, what good is the most sophisticated investment program or plan if it's not something that could be easily executable or duplicatable? And so um, we try to give you a framework that, again, is executable, proven, and that will help you to get, get to closer to your goals. Um, now, um, one of the things I want to mention in that interview with Dave, um, we talked about 
MSGR, which is uh, the direction mRNA ETF. Again, MSGR. Keep your eye out on this one. This, as we discussed, is a an emerging technology that targets um, cells to produce proteins that enable the body to fight and prevent a given disease. And this ETF focuses on companies that are getting a large portion of their revenue from mRNA technology. Uh, some of those top holdings, um, you know, are companies that we've heard about, BioNTech. Um, we've also got uh, a whole bunch of other smaller companies that are less familiar. And actually, that's what I like about it is that it's not just heavily weighted in those big companies that we've all heard of like Merck and Pfizer, but where you're going to get the action, I think, is with those smaller companies. And uh, that certainly is uh, something that um, this ETF does. Also, it's got, a, as mentioned, a, a diversified approach. So it owns companies in this space, mRNA technology, from different countries. So it's not just U.S.-focused. Although 75%, just slightly over that, is mostly allocated to U.S. companies, but you still have uh, global exposure. You've got some companies um, with uh, a presence in Germany, China, as well as the Netherlands, so you do get some global exposure. And then um, one of the rules is, again, that companies deriving at least 50% of the revenue from the commercialization of products and therapies based on um, messenger RNA technology, as well as sister RNA technologies, are attributed to a thematic exposure score of 100%, and they are um, included as part of uh, the indexing group of companies. So, and there's some other factors to that besides that score. It's a multi-screening type of a filter. But that's an important one. So you, when you invest in this ETF, you know that these are companies that are um, behind this emerging technology. And um, again, MSGR is the ticker symbol. And uh, keep that one on your radar. 800-516-1220 is the number. We're here if you'd like to join us and talk about anything on your mind. You can also get in touch with me if you'd like to have me analyze and grade your investment portfolio, I'll do that. Just go to PortfolioReportCard.com. We'll see exactly how you're doing. Identify the strengths and weaknesses of your investments and tell you exactly how you're doing across seven key categories, including cost, risk, diversification, taxes, behavior, organization, and then, of course, performance. And then we begin to see the bottom line of whether your investments are progressing or digressing and whether they're helping you or hurting you. So that's what we want to uh, help you do. Uh, a couple of final thoughts on speculation versus investing. And I've, I, This is something that comes up and I've, I've thought about this quite extensively and the differences between the two because sometimes they get confused. Speculation is an attempt to turn a little money into a lot. Whereas investing, you're trying to prevent a lot of money from becoming a little. Now, profitable results are the end goal for both exercises. So this is something that we need to understand, though. Let, let's just tackle this a little bit deeper. I like to think about financial specula speculation in evil Knievel terms. It's a life and death, all or nothing endeavor. 
Uh, during his storied career, Evil successfully completed 75 debt-defying motorcycle jumps. He ended up dying of unrelated causes at the ripe age of 69. On the other hand, Sam Patch, another daredevil, famously known as the Yankee Leaper, he took one too many jumps that prematurely ended his life at the age of 30. So what was the difference? Well, when it comes to financial speculation, are you the next Evil Knievel or are you the next, the next Sam Patch? Now, even if you think you're the next Evil Knievel, the reality is that any extended hot streak that you've enjoyed or that other speculators have enjoyed can suddenly end in tragedy. The differences again between speculating versus investing. Speculation has higher profit potential, but a lower probability of a profitable outcome. Investing has a lower profit potential, but a higher probability of a profitable outcome. Now, in the end, some speculators win, some lose. But there are way more losers than winners. It's like the law of gravity. It's one of those stubborn universal rules that nobody can escape. So it seems obvious that none of us should speculate with money that we cannot afford to lose. The world, unfortunately, is filled with obvious things that nobody bothers to notice. Thus, the reason I repeat this message, but I, I don't want to be dogmatic about this. I don't want to give you dogmatic lectures about why you shouldn't speculate, right? I think it's far more productive to give you a framework for speculating and that's what I'm going to give you right now. So segregate your investments into three piles. You got your core portfolio, you have your non-core portfolio, and then you've got your margin of safety. Understand that the only time and place for speculating, if you're going to do it, is within your non-core portfolio. The best case scenario is that your speculative moves win money, thereby boosting the value and profitability of your overall portfolio. The worst case scenario is that your speculative bets lose money, but those losses are contained to your non-core portfolio, while the other containers, like your core portfolio and your margin of safety, remain undisturbed and intact. Congratulations, you didn't blow yourself up. So within this context, you should come to the very quick realization that your core portfolio is the only place in context, or strike that, that your non-core portfolio, your non-core portfolio is the only place in context for speculating. Did you get that? I repeat, your non-core portfolio is the only place in context for speculating, if you're going to do it. So, I'm not against speculation. I'm neither against or for such ghastly propositions. This is, this is your decision. But it's also the framework that matters. And I think I've given you a great framework for speculating. If you're going to do it, non-core portfolio, that's where it belongs. And it helps you to, again, uh, stay out of trouble when things go wrong. But also, if things go right, I think in the same context, it will boost, it should boost, theoretically, the overall port value of your portfolio, complementing your core portfolio, which is always much broader and more diversified, and then your margin of safety, that's a different bucket, that is completely different than your core portfolio and your non-core. Your margin of safety is money that's earmarked for safety, right?
it's it can include your emergency fund, but it also goes beyond that. It's a much bigger cushion that includes uh, a hedge against market volatility and prevents you again from experiencing uh, market losses because that money is principal protected. Again, that's why it's called margin of safety. Zero volatility, principal protected. You also have liquidity. That's exactly what you need in financial markets that are declining or that are bearish. But these are things that you do right now. You don't wait for the bear market to arrive. You prepare ahead of time. You have some forethought. And uh, again, um, this is, again, a, a good framework for speculation if you're going to do it. And um, I hope you've enjoyed that um, that comparison. Well, that just about does it for today's program. Uh, be sure to check out my other work on ETF Guide TV, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Index Investing Show. Thank you for listening to the Index Investing Show with Ron DeLegge. Connect with us on the web at indexshow.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. expressed in this broadcast are not necessarily that of our advertisers, sponsors, or broadcast partners. The discussion of investing is general and should not be construed as investment advice or an offer to buy or sell securities. Listeners are responsible for their own investment decisions and results. Before investing in mutual funds or ETFs, always consult a prospectus for risk, charges, expenses, and other information. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Past performance is not indicative of future results. No reproduction or dissemination of the index investing shows permitted without the expressed written consent of its producers.